live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. Punk rock. Everyone knows what punk rock is, right? And when you think punk rock, you probably have an image in your head of someone with a mohawk. Somebody with dyed hair, somebody with piercings, maybe tattoos, a leather jacket, maybe a skateboard. Maybe you think of the Sex Pistols. Maybe you think of the Clash. I know they're not really punk, but some people might draw that same similarity, that same conclusion. You might think of Green Day. And when you think of Green Day, you might think, wow, those those are sellouts. They're not real punks. Do you know that Green Day got a lot of flack for being a sellout? When they became popular, because according to the the ethos of punk music, only uh, only a sellout would want to have a corporate record deal. True punks would not be interested in that kind of conformity. Which begs the question: Are there any real punk rockers? Are there any real punks in the world? Have there ever been a real punk when it comes to being a punk rocker? Or, as someone once said. Are there merely just short and long-term posers, people pretending to be punk because they think it's cool? We all know somebody that went through a hippie phase, someone that went through a hard rock phase, someone that went through, perhaps, a punk phase, and then they come out of it, and then they're an insurance salesperson or a barista or a hedge fund manager. Who knows what they are? What if I told you that there was one person that when you look at the entirety of their life and their career as you could say that this one person was actually a true punk, then what if I told you that that one true punk was someone that was born in Lancaster, New Hampshire, population of about 2,000 people. Of course, I'm talking about G.G. Allen. Gigi Allen, who was born in 1956 and he died in 1993, he was a punk rock musician. There's no doubt about that. A lot of notoriety, a lot of infamy. Uh, He did some time behind bars. We're going to talk about some of the highlights and the lowlights, or lowlifes. I guess either one fits. So again, he was born in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Poor family. No running water, uh, almost no heat. And his name at birth was Jesus Christ Allen. I'm not making that up. His name was Jesus Christ Allen. And his dad named him Jesus Christ because he felt like he got a visitation from the Messiah who told him, you're going to have a son and he is going to be in the same cloth as Jesus. Little did... His dad know that at some point in the future, his son would be defecating on a stage and cutting himself and stripping down naked and throwing feces into the crowd and all kinds of outlandish things. But we're going too fast. We're going too far ahead. He was born in Lancaster, New Hampshire. The way his name got changed from Jesus Christ to Gigi was that his older brother, Merle, who is still alive and still a punk rocker. His older brother couldn't say Jesus, but as a young boy, he could say Gigi. And Gigi was the name that stuck. 
Gigi was somebody who never quite fit in. Um, his mom realized that uh, life at home with, with his dad, Merle, was going to be pretty bleak. He was abusive to everybody. Uh, and she took off with the kids, and they they uh, they took off, and they went to Vermont, East Saint Johnsbury, Vermont, to be exact. And this is back in the nineteen early nineteen seventies. And in his second year of high school, not really knowing anybody, he uh, went to school, started going to school cross dressing, um, which he said in, he was inspired by the New York Dolls. New York Dolls, David Johansson, they were an amazing group. Uh, very, very influential, very cutting edge, and they used to dress up like women uh, just because they wanted to. And he used to get bullied, of course, but he didn't care. He was all about nonconformity. And this is back when nobody knew who he was. He was just genuinely into doing his own thing and almost doing something that was anti-establishment just for the sake of being anti-establishment. He graduated high school in 1995. He was a huge music fan. Alice Cooper, uh, Aerosmith Kiss, the MC5, the Stooges. Uh, he was into the Dave Clark Five, uh, Mott the Hoople, the Beatles. So he had a very diverse and I would say solid taste in music at the time. And he was just doing his own thing. And around the time that he graduated high school, maybe a little bit before that, he started playing in bands. And he actually had a band called the Jabbers, which I think is a great name, the Jabbers. It could mean so many different things. And uh, he had a an album that was called Always Was, Is, and Always Shall Be. And uh, if, you, if you take a look at, if you go to listen to the Jabbers, uh, which I would encourage all of you to do, you'll you'll notice pretty quickly that it's not quite punk rock. It's a little bit more, it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit closer to pop, but it's still got an edge to it. And he actually fronted a lot of different bands uh, during the early to mid-80s. Um, he had a band called The Scumfucks, uh, he also worked with somebody called the Cedar Street Sluts and the Texas Nazis. So the names of these bands were certainly punk rock in nature. He used to play in Manchester, New Hampshire, and he ended up getting the nickname the Madman of Manchester. Fun fact, he actually made a record with a band, and on that record was Jay Mascus of Dinosaur Jr. So... Uh, to answer that question, I'll tell you that the first time he defecated on stage was in 1985. He was in Illinois. He was performing with somebody called Bloody Mess. These names are just outrageous. And he took a tremendous amount of X-lax, but he took it a little bit too early. So he goes out on stage, and and the first thing that happens is he shits all over the stage. And the people that were running the Hall had no idea he was going to do this. They start losing their minds, of course. The people that were in the audience start losing their minds. Um, he had this weird uh, kind of obsession with Hank Williams. Hank Williams, the original Hank Williams, not junior or third. And uh, Hank Williams, you know, and, and he thought that they had a lot in common. 
They both loved to consume chemicals. They both uh, were kind of loners, and they both traveled nonstop around the country. But he also started doing a lot of spoken word pieces um, and writing essays about his life, which is interesting because on one hand you could say, well, that's kind of punk rock, but it's also you know, getting up to the line of just being an artist, right? He was also fascinated with serial killers. He wrote and visited John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, one of the most awful human beings to ever exist on this planet, was the gentleman who uh, used to get dressed up like a clown and uh, lure children into his home and do terrible things to them. And then he buried... I don't know, like 40 kids under his house. And he was finally uh, captured and put in jail. But he went and visited this guy, John Wayne Gacy. Gigi Allen did. And uh, Gacy, who was also a... I, I don't want to call him an artist because that's a stretch, but he used to like to paint. And so he painted a portrait of Gigi Allen, and Allen used it as one of his... Um, album covers so it's kind of weird right um being you know gravitating to people like that terrible people like that and then he went to jail for a few years um and then in in june of 93 he was going on tour and here's something interesting in 1993 a young filmmaker by the name of todd phillips who you may or may not recognize that name but todd phillips is the genius behind The Hangover. He is also responsible for Old School. He is also responsible for Joker. Uh, he's a very accomplished... Uh, he obviously did Hangover 2 and 3. Not nearly as good or classic as the first one, but nonetheless, he made them. And one of the first things he ever made as a filmmaker was a documentary of Gigi Allen's tour. And it was uh, called Hated in the Nation. Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies, I believe is the name of the title. Uh, But anyway, around this time, and he was also on the Jerry Springer show. And he was also on the Morton Downey Jr. show. And it was always the same thing. It's like, hey, here's this crazy guy who shits on stage and cuts himself. And he's out there. He's a punk. And he would come on and he would play the part. And he wouldn't bow down at all. He gets out of uh, a jail again, and uh, yeah, here it is. It's called Hated, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. That's the name of the documentary by Todd Phillips. His last day on Earth, again, he was far, far too young, but he uh, he did his signature move. He gets naked, uh, shits on the floor. He wipes the feces all over himself, threw feces into the audience, threw beer bottles, assaulted several people in the crowd, Ended up walking after the show that ended chaotically, as you can imagine. He walked around the streets covered in shit. So he went back to, I mean, that's that's a red flag right there, right? If someone named Johnny Puke says he wants to party, you might want to, you know, call in sick. Say you've got COVID something. But it sounded right up Gigi's alley. Oh, that's pretty good. It sounded right up Gigi's alley. He was actually married, which is the first kink in the I'm a real punk armor 
He was married, and not just for like a weekend, he was married from 78 to 85. So, oddly enough, the first time he shit on stage was the last year he was married, because as it turns out, wives don't like husbands that shit on stage. That apparently is, uh, that's a fact. He had a daughter with another woman, um, and again, no surprise here. The daughter distanced herself from the family when she kind of got old enough to realize what was going on. He uh, was a self-identified extreme individualist. He called himself a misanthrope. He was anti-authoritarian. He promoted lawlessness, violence against anyone in power. And that is kind of what a punk is, right? Like the mosh pit, disorder, chaos... Uh, I'm going to harm myself. If you get near me, I'm going to harm you. I'm definitely not going to listen to anyone who's trying to tell me what to do. And, you know, he, I, I think he also knew he was he was deeply troubled. You know, there's a quote of him saying, it's like I've got this wild soul that just wants to get out of this life. It's too confined in this life, which is very, very interesting. Anyway, his last day on earth, he went back to Johnny Puke's place and they were partying, partying, took some heroin, kind of, you know, you know where the story's going to go, took too much heroin, which has happened far too many times. And when Johnny Puke woke, woke up in the morning, he saw that Gigi Allen was kind of just sitting in the same position that he was in the night before, thought he was asleep, took some Polaroids with him kind of like, hey, look at my drunk friend. He partied so hard last night that he's still not moving. Turns out he was dead. The uh, 911 was called. Ambulance came, pronounced dead at the scene. The funeral happened in uh, back in New Hampshire, in Littleton, New Hampshire. And um, it turned into a party from there. And Hank Williams Jr., the third, actually on his 2008 album, he wrote some lyrics dedicated to Gigi Allen. So then the question remains, was Gigi Allen really a punk? Was he the only true punk? You could make one side of the argument and say, well, he clearly was because he did all these outlandish things. Things are way outside any kind of societal norms. Didn't care what anybody thought. Didn't care what anybody said. Was only doing things to shock and awe and never cared about the consequences. He actually threatened to kill himself on Halloween, like for four or five years in a row, and for four or five years on Halloween, he was always in jail. Um, so you could you could point to some pretty stark facts and say, yes, he was truly a punk. He he uh, he he never conformed. But I'm going to make a. a a contrary argument to that and say that he wasn't really a punk. And what he was at the end of the day was he had an abusive father. That's never good. Doesn't excuse doing bad things to people, but it could be, doesn't excuse doing bad things to people, but it could be cited as a reason for doing bad things to people. Uh, A reason why I should say it's happening. He was just an artist who got lazy and an artist who found it easier to play the 
I'm so crazy. I'm so drunk. I'm going to do all the drugs. I'm going to take off all my clothes. I'm going to shit on every stage. I'm going to cut myself. I'm going to scream at you. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. But if you're doing that with the intention of only shocking as opposed to doing it because that's who you really are, I think that's just being lazy. Look, it's not easy to be a musical artist. It's hard to write songs that people want to listen to. That's, it's no walk in the park. And so I think he really wanted to be a musician. Like he was listening to the Beatles, Dave Clark Five. These are pop bands. He was listening to pop music. And I think he wanted to get out of New Hampshire somehow, out of Vermont. He wanted to get, he wanted to be a star. New York Dolls, like he wanted it. When he realized, holy shit, maybe I can't do this. But what I can do is I can be the most outrageous person in the room. And I can abuse myself like nobody else. And I can stick to that story. I will never back down from it. I don't care how much money you offer me. I am a punk. I'm going to prove I'm a punk. So then if that's your motivation for acting that way, I think you, therefore, by extension, using the Pythagorean theorem of punk rock, I think you're no longer a punk rocker. And I kind of feel like he was a sad, sad... I feel like Gigi Allen was a sad excuse for a punk. And again, just a lazy artist that ended up liking substances and chemicals more than he liked working on the craft. When he's 45 years old, he's playing in a bar and he's doing covers of, you know, uh, Hooting the Blowfish. And maybe he didn't like the way that looked. Okay, fair enough. But just because you want to rebel against that, does it make you a punk simply by the fact that you are able to shit on a stage. Like that was his gig. Every I've done a lot of research on this guy cause he's interesting and it's always one of the first things they talk about. Well, that's such a basic human function. Like a primate could any primate pick a primate, a chimpanzee, an orangutan, any of them literally could shit on a stage. Okay. Uh, can you scream into a microphone? Yeah. Okay. Can you cut yourself with a bottle? He's doing all these things that anybody can do, but nobody wants to do, right? So again, put that through the filter of, is he a real punk? I'm not sold. So Gigi Allen, true, New Hampshire native, true, interesting, true. He was on the radar of a lot of different people, including, you know, the grandson of someone that he idolized in Hank Williams Jr., the third or Hank Williams III. He also was someone that is still being talked about today. And if you think about how many musicians there have been that, you know, are are not talked about today, uh, there's a lot of them. But if it's just shock value, if that's your only game, is I'm going to do something so outlandish that you won't believe that another human being will do this, I think that's too base level for me. I think I... uh, I'd prefer uh, a green day where, you know, you could make an argument again that they sold out. Fine, say that. 
But think about from the minute that they quote-unquote sold out in 1993, which ironically is when Gigi Allen died, to now. Think about all the music they've put out. Think about the longevity. Think about the political stances that they've taken. Think about you know, the fact that it's still those three together. They're not shitting on stage. They're not cutting themselves. They're just putting out really good music that means something to them. It's a lot harder to do that than it is to take a beer bottle and throw it into the crowd. You know, so does it really matter if he was a real punk or not? I guess not. And have we come to any kind of conclusion? Maybe not. And it's ultimately up to every single person out there listening to draw their own conclusion on Mr. Allen. But from my perspective, from my perspective, Gigi Allen was just like all the other posers. He was just posing in a more extreme way. He was posing in a way that was shocking. It wasn't like he posed for a couple years, had a mohawk, and then let it grow out, had a nose ring, took it out, wore a leather jacket, and, you know, uh, until he puts it in a box and never looks at it again. He was just doing it in a different way. And I guess it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to come to the conclusion that there are no true punks. What if there are no true punks? Maybe punk is just like going through puberty. There are no long-term people in puberty. You can, you know, you can do some, uh, you can do some procreation. You don't stay in puberty in the same way that you might, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe you're not supposed to stay a punk rocker. You don't see a whole lot of old punk rockers. So Gigi Allen, we've said his name a lot. Maybe we've said his name too much. But at least we, we know for sure that uh, that he, he made his mark. He made his shit-colored mark on the world. I suppose he did it his way. His brother is still out there doing interviews, talking about how great his, you know, Gigi was and still trying to sh- prove to everybody how punk he really is. That's the other thing. I almost feel like if you're really a punk, if, you're, if in your soul you are a nonconformist, you don't need purple hair. You don't need tattoos. You don't need rings with skulls on them. You don't need to project to the outer world. You better not think that I'm anything other than totally out there because I am out there. Because if you're really out there and you're really a free thinker and you're really a nonconformist, then you don't need to tell anybody else that because you know it yourself. So maybe the real answer is punk is more a state of mind than it is how you project yourself out there into the world. And maybe if you're a punk at heart, and maybe if you are a nonconformist at heart, the best way to continue to be a nonconformist is to know when to just blend in. Right? There you go. That is your, your moment of zen? No. That's a look at Gigi Allen, native New Hampshire, punk rocker, no longer with us, and also probably a poser. Thank you.